The Cynthia Joyner Real Estate Group is an award-winning team with hundreds of successful transactions under their belt. Through their national network, the Cynthia Joyner Real Estate Group works hard to help families realize the dream of home ownership. As a community advocate, Cynthia Joyner is proud to be the presenting sponsor of Jazz in the Park, Huntsville. What is jazz? To me, jazz is the ability to express yourself on your instrument, whether it be drums, whether it be guitar, saxophone, bass, whatever it is. If you can express yourself on your instrument, you can tell a story on your instrument. I think you're making jazz. 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 Jazz with Kenny Anderson. Drummer, composer, producer James P.J. Sprague has developed a love for music at an early age in the church while growing up in Bessemer, Alabama. During his musical career as a professional drummer, P.J. has performed music covering all genres with some of the greatest musicians and entertainers around the globe. He is an accomplished artist in his own right, having released three self-produced albums, including The Light of Day in 2006, Pure Logic in 2012, and his most recent album, Time to Heal 2015. PJ continues to write music and collaborate with other artists, and we are so delighted to welcome him today to Jazz with Kenny Anderson. How you doing, PJ? Hey, man, I'm doing awesome. How about yourself? I'm doing better than uh, most, I think. And the reason I'm saying that is because I'm really trying to focus on the positive in a world full of negatives. And so that's an important thing for me to do. And that's an important thing for, I think, everybody to do. It's it's best to focus on the positive so you won't get depressed thinking of all the negative stuff that's going on. Well, that's why we have you here today, because you're going to keep us (laughs) on that right train and that right track. Uh, so make sure that we keep it all positive today. All right. So I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge the obvious, and that's the pandemic that has been a part of all of our experiences ever since March of 2020. And of course, my first thing that I always like to ask people typically is just kind of a wellness check. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I cannot complain. Um, Although 2020 was a rough year for music, the world of music and musicians in general, you know, um, of course, the same with everybody else. A lot of my performances were canceled or uh, postponed. So had to find other ways to make up for what I lost. But all in all, by the grace of God, doing well. That's good to know. And of course, uh, this pandemic has been brutal to many people. Uh, economically, or the loss of lives. I know you and I lost a good friend, Bernard Lockhart, in this yes, process. Yes. Uh, you've been a part of Bernard's legacy, which was Jazz in the Park. What was that relationship like, and what did that mean to you, and what does his loss mean to you? Man, uh, I'll tell you one thing. Um, I, I, I'm really going to miss Bernard Lockhart. Um, he was the um, the the reason I was able to play my first festival. Um, I've always loved the festival atmosphere because, you know, you're playing outside. Um, if the weather's great, 
you know, that's an added plus. You got music, you got food, and that's the greatest combination. So I always wanted to play in a festival, play my music in a festival atmosphere. And um, Bernard Lockhart gave me that opportunity. Um, oh, man, when was that? I want to say it was 2010. Um, he first started doing the Jazz in the Park series around, you know, different parks in Birmingham. So uh, he reached out to me and asked me, did I want to be a part? I was like, sure. And, you know, he would call me every year to perform um, at a different park. And it was always a good crowd and it was just a great time. So I really appreciate him for giving me that opportunity. And uh, he will be sorely missed in the music community. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, when he extended the brand and then we started Jazz in the Park Huntsville here, you had a chance to come up and play with us. Yes, um, yes. As a backing uh, musician, but also as a headliner as well. And that was great, man. That was a, an incredible experience. Um, a lot of people are familiar with my music in the Huntsville area, thanks to WJAB and other radio stations. And uh, so when we did my show up there, it was it was a lot of people were very excited about it. And uh, there's no greater feeling than playing music that you created and people knowing and, you know, and coming out to support. It's just a, a great feeling. So I really yeah. appreciate the city of Huntsville. Yeah, well, we love you here, man. And that's why, again, we're glad to be talking to you today. Uh, the pandemic, of course, changed everybody's life in many ways. And as a musician, you felt the impact of that. Uh, shows had to be canceled. Um, and only now we're we beginning to see that beginning to change, where people are transitioning back to uh, publicly, physically distanced locations where people can perform much safer and still benefit from the beauty of those live performances. You're hot off the road. You were in Panama City Beach this past weekend at the Seabreeze Festival. And so we're glad to see you're back, but you got to definitely share a little bit about what that experience was like, because I'm sure it was one of the first big festivals that you've been a part of. Yes, um, I've um, been a part of that festival, I think, three or four times in the past few years. But uh, yesterday is when I played. Um, and that was really special because, like you said, the pandemic canceled a lot of stuff, including Seabreeze. So this was like the makeup weekend for it and man i tell you when we played uh, i was playing with jasmine gent and althea renee um when we played it was you know it was so good to see people outside enjoying live music and up dancing that really did my heart a whole lot of good i was like okay we still have a little hope you know because it was looking it was looking bad for 2020 it was i was like oh my god are we going to get back to doing live music at all? But uh, after that show yesterday at Seabreeze, I, I felt really confident that things are on the right track. Yeah, it seems that way. And I know that I've talked to several people recently who said that their touring schedules are becoming a little more robust now and the opportunities are also presenting themselves. I've also talked to people who have spent the time during the pandemic pivoting to other kinds of things, writing music, uh, connecting with family and more. What has your journey been like during the last few months? Well, um, I'll tell you, when the pandemic first set in, I think it was back in March, it was initially a, a bit of a sense of panic, but 
maybe for like 20 seconds. But then I remembered, I was like, wait a minute. Um, the Lord has allowed me to be prepared for something like this. Uh, I had already been doing remote recording sessions uh, in my home studio. So that really picked up quite a bit uh, once the pandemic started, because, you know, nobody was able to go anywhere, uh, including myself and my wife. So I stayed at home. I uh, was in my studio a lot doing recording drums for other people's projects in, and as well as my own projects. So um, after that initial shock of, oh, no, the pandemic, I was like, OK, it's you know time for me to get to work. Thankfully, I have a home studio. So let's let's get going. Yeah. And it's been, I'm sure, an interesting journey uh, mm -hmm. that has allowed, as I've said, many people I've talked to have talked about the creativity that they've experienced, uh, the extended opportunities that they've experienced. I've talked to people that have beefed up their Internet presence and connected in ways that they have been able to in the past, because a big part of what you do really is stay connected to the audience, your fans and more. Isn't that part yes. of the process? Yes, that's a huge part of the process, especially uh, since the pandemic started. The only way you can connect with the audience is through the Internet because you're not touring. So uh, whether that's live streaming on your various social media platforms like YouTube, Facebook, um, you have to stay in contact with your fan base. And that's one thing that I've tried to do by uh, making little short performance videos and posting them to my uh, Instagram account, Facebook and all that stuff. And uh, that's been a really huge help in helping me to connect with my audience during this time. Yeah, that's right. You got to stay viable because the field is still crowded out there. And there are a lot of people who really enjoy the music and exactly. uh, didn't want to be disconnected from it. So <laughs> that's that's been a good thing. I'm going to take us all the way back here for a minute. Let's go back to McDory High School and the okay. marching band. Uh, the Band of Gold uh, yes. that you were a part of. <laughs> talk, talk to me a little bit about that experience and some of your early foundational things as related to music. Well, um, it's a funny story how I got into the band, the, uh, the marching band. Uh, in seventh grade, you know, I was going through puter puberty, so wanted to, I guess, try to be a little bit um, what's the word? Um, Sportsman-like, I guess, you know, I was trying to get into sports. So I was like, okay, you know, trying to find my interest. So I went out for football. Why did I do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I went out there uh, only one day, I only lasted one day. I got knocked on my butt and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm joining the band the next day. And that's what I did. I stayed in band from, uh, uh, what is that? Eighth grade all the way through the rest of high school. But it was a great learning experience for me because, you know, I started playing drums when I was eight years old. And but I didn't know how to read drum music. Um, joining the high school band that really helped me to learn how to read music, helped me to hurt, um, helped me to learn how to understand what I was doing musically. And um, I credit the uh, public school system for that because without band um, I would not have been afforded the opportunities that I've been afforded over my um, career because I know how to read music that has opened doors to other high profile gigs or shows or whatever 
Um, I've been able to play with the orchestra, several symf symphony orchestras. Um, um, one in particular under the under the uh, direction of Dr. Henry Panyon. I've been able to play with Yolanda Adams. Um, most recently, uh, India Ari up mm. in Nashville with the Nashville Symphony Orchestra. That was incredible. Wait a minute now. Don't skate past that story because you said India Ari. You got to tell us a little something about how that went down. Yes, sir. The India Ari. And I was so, uh, so geeked about playing with her. So I got the call from Dr. Henry Panyon to uh, do the orchestra concert with her um, in Nashville. It was featuring the Nashville Symphony Orchestra. And uh, she was coming in to sing all of her music with them. And um, I played drums for it, and it was a, an amazing experience. Um, just hearing her music in an orchestra setting with the strings and everything, it was absolutely amazing. Mm. And uh, I was so glad to be a part of that. And um, it, it was something, it's some, definitely something I will remember forever.
That was Bounce Back by PJ Spragans. And now, back to Kenny's interview with PJ on Jazz with Kenny Anderson. You mentioned Henry Pena. Now, that is a, a name that people would recognize as legendary in the yes, music sir. industry and certainly in our community, Alabama and m University legend. So yes, um, that uh, yes, is absolutely amazing. It speaks to, though, to something that I'm sure you find oftentimes in your industry and, of course, people find it in others as well. The value of a network and creating a network so that your connections actually produce opportunities for you. Talk yes, a little bit about how you have experienced that in your life. Um, well, in order to create a network, a viable network, um, you yourself have to be viable. You have to be, you know, important. Um, the musicians that I play with, um, they often talk about the intangibles, um, things that you can't touch and how that relates to musicians. Um you have to be on time. You have to be easy to work with. You have to know the material. And, you know, those among other things, those things are very important to, um, to your career and how you're able to further your career. So if I'm, if somebody's calling me for a gig, I make sure that I'm on time for it. Um, I make, to, make sure that I am prepared for the music which means I've done my homework, I've studied, I've rehearsed everything on my own. So when we get to a rehearsal, we can just go over and tweak things. We're not learning things in rehearsal. So that is very, very important. And, you know, once you put out, once you, you know, let people see that you are serious about this, through your work ethic, then I think people will take notice and you'll tend to get more calls and it just keeps going on and on. So that's very important, though. You have to do your part in creating a good network. Absolutely. You, of course, uh, went to Alabama State University on a music scholarship. That means you know a little something about the Magic City Classic. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know a little something about Alabama a University. What was the experience yes, of Alabama State like for you? Uh, it's funny that you asked that question because it was – it was a life-changing experience. Um, like we mentioned earlier, I went to McAdory High School, and then it was predominantly white high school. Um, but it was it was a really cool experience. But I al- always wanted to be part of the um, the a band that you know would dance and play music that everybody knows. And the only way I was to you know able to be a part of that is to go to a HBCU. So um, in my earlier years, I used to live in Montgomery, actually used to live right down the street from Alabama State. So we would often hear the band rehearse, the drum line rehearse. So I'm like, man, I want to go to that school when I'm, you know, when I get of college age. And it just so happened, that's where I got my scholarship and that's where I went. So needless to say, coming from um, an environment like a McAdory High School where you're, you're playing top 40 pop songs in your band and you play some classical stuff and you're marching heel to toe, you know, perfection and all that stuff. Going to a HBCU, man, my eyes were wide open. <laughs> I was popping 90s, you know, marching heels up, uh, knees up, and I'm playing quads, mind you. 
So I had to learn how to dance and play at the same time. Mm. And I'm not the best dancer. So, <laughs> man, I tell you, it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun when it was going on. Though. It was really cool. Great experience. Look, there is nothing like the flavor and the swag of HBCU yes. bands. There's nothing, nothing like else it. like it. <laughs> nothing I mean, else like it. In fact, I've probably seen Drumline about 5,000 times because every yeah, time it comes on, I watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. I tell you, and to be part of uh, a drumline and an HBCU is, you know, it is so cool because you're yeah. playing funky beats that sound like a, a big drum set. If everybody's playing their part correctly, it sounds like a big drum set. And um, just having that atmosphere, if you're marching in the Magic City Classic, um, man, I tell you, I thought I was on top of the world. <laughs> well, you were because I'm one of those cats that sits in the audience checking out the folk on the field saying, man, they're on top of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the cool. Another cool thing about going to a HBCU um, football game. The, the football game is cool, but the halftime show, everybody stays for the halftime show where, you know, in other schools, it's not like that. Right. Other conferences is not so much like that. You're going to get a drink or something when halftime is coming on. But HBCU halftime is showtime. That's right. That's right. In fact, if you roll up on the game at halftime, you're right on time. Yes, sir. Exactly. <laughs> That's good stuff for sure. Um, you chose music as a career. Tell me why and what have you learned from this journey? Um, I chose music as my career because to me, it was the best way that I knew of to express myself. Um, it was something, I have a connection with music that is, that is so deep. Um, my parents tell me all the time how uh, when I was two years old, I used to sit Indian style in front of a record player that they used to have. And I had on headphones and I would just sit there and listen to music all day. Just sit there and listen to the different sounds and different melodies. And um, it's just something that hit me uh, spiritually every time I hear something that that I like, uh, a chord or something, chord progression or groove or something. It's just um, I always knew that music would be a part of my life from a very uh, early age. I always knew that. And um, how that has affected my career, um, I knew that in some way I was going to make a living from music. And um, that became apparent to me when I was, I think I was seven years old. Um, my mom went to a, visit a lot of different churches um, with her friends and some of her family and this one church that we walked in, as soon as I walked in, I think that was the first time I saw a drum set in person and somebody was playing it. And it was like the world just stopped and I focused on the drummer. It was a blue drum set, I'll never forget. And I was just looking and it sounded cool. It sounded like he was tearing up something, but at the same time, it sounded musical. So I just I just stared at him the whole while I was there. And I was like, I think that's what I want to do. I want to play drums. <laughs> so it just started from there, man. 
it's yeah. been it's been a journey. Yeah, and it's just continued ever since. Uh, you've been in this industry for almost a couple of decades now, and of course, yeah. uh, it sounds like you plan to stay right in the thick of it, having a time of your life, and that's a wonderful thing. And as you think about that journey, there's also family in that process. Yes. Talk yes. about the role of family in terms of your own life and experience as a professional musician. Well, family is very important because you have to have that support system uh, if you're doing music. Because um, a lot of people don't understand um, the life of a musician and, you know, the ins and outs of all that stuff. But uh, when you have a support system early on, like I did and still do, um, it's life changing. Um, my mom, my dad, you know, they've been very supportive over the years. Um, uh, mom got me my first drum set when I was eight years old and it was a professional drum set, which I still own. I still have it. Um, but she saw the gift way back then when I was eight years old and I'm glad she saw it back then because I've, I've been able to stick with that because I love it so much. Um, and I just remember, you know, when I would play at different church programs around the city, um, my dad and my brothers would help me get my drums together and help me pack them up and all that stuff. And um, it's just it's just been a blessing to have them. And, you know, I'm married now. I've been married. Um, uh, it'll be 18 years in May. Um, and my wife, you know, coming. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. She's a teacher. She's a school teacher. And uh, just imagine a school teacher meeting a musician so she has to learn how to deal with my imperfections my my little quirkiness and stuff but uh she's been a champ and a trooper and dealing with all that over the years so it's it's very important that i have a a good support system that anybody has a good support system if they're going to do what they love to do well, she's got to be a great educator, too, because that's exactly what she does every day. She deals with kids and their quirkiness and their <laughs> idiosyncrasies yeah. and things like that. So, Oh, she's a- the best. She's the best. She has the patience of Job, most yeah. definitely. Yeah. And listen, I've seen her at an event before. She's a photographer. She makes you look good, too. Yes, yes. And uh, she, she's she been doing photography um I guess subconsciously over the years, really since she was a child, she used to take all of her, um, all of the family photos, you know, for outings or whatever. But uh, within the last five years, she's really honed in on that gift. And she does amazing work. Um, Tracy Davis Spragans photography. That's how you can look up her stuff. She does awesome work. And I'm just so proud of her. Yeah, I've seen her work, and like I said, she definitely makes sure that uh, you stay looking good whenever you're promoting things about the work that you're doing, which is great. Yes, sir. Um, as 2021 continues and we move into 2022, what do you see the direction of your trajectory in terms of moving out uh, a little bit more into communities, participating in certain events? the ever the never ending cycle of performing and recording what does the future look like for pj sprags well the future is bright for me i want to say um i will definitely still be doing music uh matter of fact i am uh working on 
some new music. I've got a whole lot of new music coming out um, and a lot of uh, collaborations. Um, one in particular that uh, Kenny Anderson, you have the exclusive. Um, of course, you know, my, my good friend Kelly O'Neill, uh, great saxophonist. I've known him for a long time and uh, we've played together on many, many events over the years. Well, he asked me to produce his next album. Oh, so wow. uh, he has a single that's coming out. I think it'll be dropping May 1st. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, I produced that um, and he produced it as well. So I co-produced it with him. Uh, but it's it's going to be it's going to be some good stuff. Good stuff. So uh, doing co-production, uh, continuing writing my own, own original music and um you know, I'm also venturing off into um, learning more about video production uh, as far as editing and, you know, putting packages together. Uh, my wife and I, we are working together on something like that. So stay tuned on that as well. I'm excited about the project with Kelly. Of course, he's a local yeah. and uh, statewide national uh, legend yes, as well. And uh, always love to see that brother put it down for sure. So to see no, you one of the best. <laughs> uh, absolutely one of the best. Takes me back many years to um, a club that used to be here called uh, Reapsodon, or uh, rather um, Willie Moffitt's and a oh, band okay. called Reapsodon yeah. that Kelly used to play in along with mm -hmm. some other cats that you probably know as well. But uh just a great legacy and tremendous. PJ, it's really been great talking to you today. You've got a strong social media presence. I know you're not hiding from anybody. You're not in the witness protection program. <laughs> you're not running from anybody. You're doing what you got to do. How can people connect you on social media? Uh, they can reach me on any platform. James PJ Spragans. That's J-A-M-E-S-P-J-S-P-R-A-G-G-I-N-S. And that's my website, jamespjspragans.com. You can find my music on YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, iTunes, all wherever you get your music, I am there. All right. You are wherever music is, and we are <laughs> very glad that because this show focuses on the music that we can have an opportunity to talk to you today. PJ, thank you for being a gracious guest on the broadcast today. We look forward to continued projects and opportunities to be able to talk with you in the future. Thank you very much, Kenny. I really appreciate the opportunity. Jazz with Kenny Anderson is a partnership with Jazz in the Park Huntsville and is produced by David Person for David Person Media, LLC. The theme music was written and produced by Kelvin Wooten. Damian Malone provides podcast platform management. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Jazz with Kenny Anderson. The Cynthia Joyner Real Estate Group is an award-winning team with hundreds of successful transactions under their belt. Through their national network, the Cynthia Joyner Real Estate Group works hard to help families realize the dream of home ownership. As a community advocate, Cynthia Joyner is proud to be the presenting sponsor of Jazz in the Park, Huntsville.